millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Erin Fairbanks, host of The Farm Report. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, and welcome to Ask a Clean Person, the podcast on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jolie Kerr, a cleaning expert, advice columnist, and author of the New York Times bestselling book, My Boyfriend Barfed in My Handbag, and Other Things You Can't Ask Martha. My weekly cleaning advice column, Ask a Clean Person, appears on Esquire.com, and you should feel free to send your questions about cleaning or anything else, really, to JolieCare at gmail.com. My guest today, who is joining me for a very special episode, is Jessica Cohen. Hi, Jessica. Hello. Jessica Cohen is the editor-in-chief at Vocative and was formerly the editor-in-chief at Jezebel, where she was my editor. Highlight of my career. She has been a contributor at Mary Claire and New York Magazine, among other places, and is also my dear friend. And she has come to the studio to celebrate a huge milestone with me. Ask a Clean Person turns five years old this week. Happy birthday, Ask a Clean Person! Um, Today's episode is going to be a bit of a break from form as Jessica joins me to walk down memory lane and consider where Ask a Clean Person started, where it is now, and what the future holds. Uh, So let's begin at the very beginning. A very good place to start. That was a Sound of Music reference. Jessica is trying not to laugh. You can I, laugh I at that. I don't speak musicals. That's the problem. I, I actually don't either. Here's the sad thing. You're saying, let's start at the beginning. And I was like, what's the first line of the Bible? What's the first <laughs> And I don't know because I'm a heathen, I suppose. I don't know. I don't know what the first line of the Bible is either. Oh, my Oh my God. On the first day? <laughs> I think it was something on the first day. <laughs> Boy. So, so don't much, come here for so much for theology. So much for fourth form humanities class. Wait, can we tell nothing? Yes, we can. I think we should celebrate. We, uh, I'm I'm breaking my no drinking on air rule, and we have we have a little bubbly to celebrate this this big milestone. I mean, five years is a long time. Five years is the longest I've done any single job. I mean, I'm drunk and crying for you. Oh, I might weep. Warning, I might weep. I get really emotional when I talk about this job. Is so incredibly special to me i get very emotional when i talk about it it's tears of joys but but i i might i might get a little a little weepy um let me talk about the origin story as i like to call it of ask a clean person because it's (laughs) it's the origin story is just as weird as i am and as the column is anything involving the internet is weird and then when you add you to, like, <laughs> to what is a baseline weird? We're going into like a very uncomfortable weird. Direction. Yes, very very weird. So here here is the the origin story, and it's de- it's it's detailed um, in the opening of my book. There's there's more about it. I'm going to give sort of the cliff note version. Um, the origin story is that the 
the site, the hairpin, had been around for maybe a, like six months or so. I've been talking to the founding editor of that site, Edith Zimmerman, about doing something for the site, and we just didn't know what it was. And a friend of mine suggested that I write about cleaning. And I thought it was about the worst idea I had ever heard. Uh, but, but I said, Why is that? that's, that's very funny. I didn't know this. I thought, I didn't think anyone would want to read about it. I thought, I mean, I said, I was like, who would want to read about cleaning? But you were passionate about it, right? Yes. Which is why this friend suggested that I write about it. Not only that I was passionate about it, but I, I knew a lot about cleaning and, and more so was I'm kind of, and I still am sort of the problem solver among my friends. So like when something goes wrong that you can't, call mom about like my friends would call me because i would usually have a solution an for them place to be in any it is group. it really is to be the mom but to not actually go through pregnancy is amazing. yeah it's the holy grail i mean i've got it all figured out you get only the good parts yeah i mean and i consider my role as the the internet's clean person as being like a village mama you know and most people on the internet are very very dirty yes Worse. God, I yes. mean, the, the, the hour, thank God for that. The hours too. I've spent in front of my computer, unwashed, with dirty dishes all around my desk, because you're just you can't move. You're typing. You you can't get away from your computer. Like we need help. I know. Except I I get away from my. I procrastinate by cleaning. That's like how I deal with writer's block. Is I like clean something and then I go back to my computer and type away. Yeah, I know. I'm a very odd individual. I know you already know this, Jessica, but... You should work in an office. I, I feel like there are a lot of really messy I, cubicle office spaces that could use someone like you. I do not miss working in an office. But you could get up and you could clean our desks when you've got... No, because people find that odd. Mm. People find... I mean, I, I... mean, yes, but... I mean, I would try to tidy up... you a career up. of being odd. Well, this is true. I would try to tidy up when I was when I was when I was in the office at Deadspin. They also, if they well, would see me coming, if yeah. they would see me coming, I could see them shifting things around, like trying to like square up piles and hide things. I was like, you guys, I can see you from across the room. I have very keen vision. Um, okay, we, we we've gotten derailed from my origin story here. So okay, I did not. Sorry. Think- Sorry. No, no, no. This is, I mean, it was, I didn't realize that you didn't know all of this. I thought I had told you this some, at some point. So yeah, I did not, I was not sold on this idea at all. But I said that I would mention it to Edith, which I did. And she loved the idea. Loved it. And I still was like, I don't see it, but okay. Like, if you believe in this, great. I'm going to figure it out. And what I seized on as the only way that I in my own mind could think of a way to make it work and make by by make it work. What I mean is make it be something that people wanted to read because I couldn't imagine that people would want to go on the internet and read some woman just randomly writing for no reason. Like today you have to make your bed or today you have to start doing your laundry better. I just didn't see that as being compelling for people. So what I seized on was the idea of doing it as a Q and a, that I thought that if, if people were asking me the real questions they wanted to know the answers to, then it gave me a more concrete way to write about cleaning because I was responding to something that someone wanted to actually know. And also that it would make it relatable. And it would take out the... I had this fear of being like a scold or a nag. And that if someone was asking a question and I was answering it, then it sort of took out that, that element that I was concerned about. 
You were only speaking when spoken to. Exactly. Exactly. And I do, I still, to this day, five, five years later, always say, I mean, I am not here to give unsolicited advice. I answer questions when they're asked of me. I provide help when it's wanted. The only place where I really, truly provide the unsolicited advice, and I always acknowledge it every year, um, and we're right in the middle of it right now, or we're actually getting towards the end, is with the bed making thing in March. That's my, my big challenge that every year I'm like, all right, no one asked, but... I'm telling you anyway, you got to make your bets because um, I really believe in it. Um, and then I always have people who are like, you, you were so passionate about this that I, I don't know, I figured I'd humor you and give it a whirl. And you were really right. It did make a difference. So thank you. Um, so we come up with a Q&A format. Then, then we had to come up with a name. Um, and I, there, there, were, there were some bad ideas and I don't recall what they were. And I don't know that I want to go back into my archives and even see them because I'd probably cringe so hard my face would fall off. Um, but we eventually settled on Ask a Clean Person. There was already a series of advice columns on the hairpin that started with Ask, uh, there's Ask a Lady, Ask a Dude, Ask a Queer Chick. Uh, Ask a Queer Chick actually just released her first book based on that column. I so, you've got to give a shout out to Lindsay King Miller and congratulations on your success, too. Muzzled off. Yeah. Um, and so, I sort of had a eureka moment and I was like, oh, duh, ask a clean person. Um, and so, Ask a Clean Person was born. So, the first ever column ran on March 24th, 2011, and the, the post was titled Ask a Clean Person Silver Baking Sheets. And wine vomit. So the original format was that there were three questions. Sometimes they were related questions. Sometimes they were unrelated. Obviously, the first set of questions were totally unrelated. So it was um, the silver was how to polish a trophy, a large silver trophy that was like a family heirloom um, that actually now I'll go ahead and tell you was actually Edith's question um, that she sent to me. It was like a trophy, like a silver trophy cup. And I don't know what it was for, but it was something that, you know, she she inherited from some family member. And it was very tarnished. And she said, she was like, I know the answer is silver polish, but like how? And I loved that question because it got right into what it is that I do that's different from other cleaning advice that you'll find in books or on the Internet, which is that it I always remember to never presume that my readers know anything. On the flip side of that, I also am very careful not to talk down to people because I think it's totally fine to not know how to use silver polish. I don't why know. would I yeah, why would I talk down to someone? And I feel like some of the more traditional cleaning advice you get presumes a body of knowledge and then if it's not there, it can get a little either first of all either you can't follow it or it can get a little preachy and I don't like that um, which also speaks to another big thing that's different about me from say Martha Stewart uh, which is that I am not aspirational right I do not put up an aspirational lifestyle for people at all right I'm relatable I'm I'm constantly talking about my own weird life and the fact that you know I eat Totino's pizza rolls in bed like a normal person and I always appreciate that you acknowledge that we are wildly imperfect as your readers absolutely you acknowledge that we probably aren't doing three of the steps towards this end game but that's okay you're not mad at us so long as the underwear gets in the hamper at the end of the night yes i do want the underwear in the hamper guys i mean and you're not mad if we don't (laughs) hand wash our bras 
No. You wish you would, but it's okay because you know we're not going to. And you're not yeah. mad about that. No, because I live life like the rest of you guys. Well, I mean, you just you acknowledge you, you give us the advice and you acknowledge that a lot of the micro steps along the way we probably won't do. And that's okay. Yeah. The end game yeah. is the same. Because I want to be helpful. It's very helpful. Yeah. I just want to be helpful. That's like. And there's no air of superiority. No. No. Because that's also not me as a as a person. I mean, forget clean person. Just as a as a lowercase p person. I'm not. You know. Yeah. I'm thinking about the silver polish and the issue of how. And that is so important because, okay, do I put the polish on a brush? Do I put it on right, a exactly. cloth? Now, do I rub to the left or the right? Is it circular? Is it up? Is it down? Like, what is suppo- what is it supposed to look like in the process? Yeah. I mean, the, the level of detail is uh, stunning. Yeah. I always try for that. To answer those questions, you put it on a cloth, never on a brush, because silver um, is extremely prone to scratching. So even like a soft bristled toothbrush is too much. So always a soft cloth. Like an old t-shirt is the kind of material you want to be thinking about for silver polish. You put the polish on the cloth uh, and then you rub in a circular motion. The tarnish will start to come off. You'll rinse under cold water and then you just sort of repeat as necessary. Am I rinsing? See the micro advice. Am I rinsing the piece of silver? The piece of silver. Yeah. Do I rinse the towel at any point during the polishing process? No, you don't want to do that. You want to just keep it um, dry with the polish. And then put otherwise more polish you're... on again? Yeah, just apply more polish to the cloth. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Um, so you yeah, find so that something was... silver so I can do this. Good. Yeah, I, you should. I don't have anything. Yeah. Um, so this, that was a silver question. The baking sheet was someone who had an old baking sheet that had, as, as many of our old baking sheets do, is just, you know, b- battle-worn baking sheet. So there was some advice about that. And then the last question was the wine vomit. Um, I'm going to actually read the question <laughs> and answer for you. It was very short, and I partly want to read it because it's so interesting how different the original columns were from how they are today and that they were much less detailed. I mean... At that point, I was not a cleaning expert. I became a cleaning expert in the course of doing this job. Um, but so here, here is the question. Hypothetical question. What does one use to remove red wine vomit stains from a bathroom wall? A friend wants to know. So right, it's always a friend. It's Asking always for a, friend. a friend. Asking for a friend. Um, so here is my response. Oh, dear. You're a poor friend. This is actually a pretty easy one. Wipe the whole mess down with a damp sponge with a touch of dish soap, then magic erase it. And take an Advil? I mean, tell your friend to take an Advil? That was the whole answer. It's so simple. No. But, I mean, I, st- I stand by that. It's actually really good advice. How did you know dish soap rather than hand soap? Oh, uh, you could have used hand soap. So any soap? Soap. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Basically, the idea is wipe the barf off the wall as much as you can. It does seem kind of like, duh. Wipe the barf off the wall. It's a little, except that it's a it's a wall, and most people don't know how to wash a wall, which is it's. I mean, I think what a lot of people, especially if you're not a homeowner or you don't really care about keeping things clean, or when you go to Dwayne Reed, you pick up like dish soap and a sponge, and that's it, and you don't look around at anything else. The Mister Clean Magic Eraser. <sighs> it's made of magic. People who don't know that's a thing aren't living real lives. They aren't living their fullest and, life. That's and, for sure. And, <laughs> Love and that there, magic eraser so much. There are people out there who don't know what the magic eraser is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So now the interesting thing now is, uh, you know, of course, one other big thing I've learned in the course of doing the job um, that's been a huge help is what 
not to presume people know about. Well, that's why I think it's so great that you mention it with wine barf on the wall. Right. So, you know, in this answer that I gave that's so short, it just says, and magic erase it. And there was a link to the product so people could go find it. But now, if I were writing it, I would give so much more information because I would say, you know, here's what a magic eraser is. Here's where you would find it. A magic eraser... For those of you who have not heard my spiel, several other episodes. How could you not? How could you listen to the show and not know what a magic eraser? Because people is? tune in and out and so on. So a magic eraser is made of melamine foam. So melamine is like you know we, a lot of us have like plates or trays or glasses, glassware, not glassware, drinkware, mm-hmm. um, made out of melamine. Same product in a foam form that's compressed into a brick. And the way that you use the magic eraser is that you wet it and then you do use it just like a gum eraser. Um, and then also sort of similarly to an eraser, you have to remember that it's going to it's going to take a fine layer off. So it, it can cause damage. You always want to test it um, in an inconspicuous spot before you use it. But they are magic. They are so they great. are indeed magic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love them. Speaking of magic, you know, it was magic. What? The three years I spent at Gawker Media working with you and Tommy Craggs. How could it be anything less than magic? So Craggs was supposed to be here. Um, he is not here for like the best reason in the world, which is that he just got uh, a big fancy new job. Whatever. <laughs> friends, he, friends show up. <laughs> no, don't you can't make Craggs feel bad. Okay, Tommy, whatever. <laughs> Tommy, we love Yay, you, Tommy. Tommy, Tommy. Um, had to be down in DC for work unexpectedly this week, so we are sorry that he's not here. But he fancy. But he fancy now. Mm-hmm. He got big old new fancy. Very fancy. Job. Yeah. Very fancy. Um, and I should say also, um, we're also congratulating and celebrating Jessica, who just got a big promotion at work. Um, so this Thank has you. been like a big, it's been a big week. I it feel has. like everyone we know has gotten a new job or a promotion or something. I feel left out. I'm telling myself I was ahead of the but curve. But the side effect, these big promotions, all these things going on, my dish, my dishes in my sink, like nothing it's just piled up i can't keep i can't keep anything clean because i've got all this stuff you're too busy yeah i mean it'll calm down but yeah what happens is you're so happy for me and i appreciate that but what you don't realize is the dark side you're living in squalor disappointing you (laughs) every day when i go home i'm disappointing you you make me proud thanks all right so now now i with that because i was just so (laughs) nice now i guess who embarrassed jessica here's a fun fact oh dear my first post at Deadspin ran almost exactly two years to the date as my first Ask a Clean Person post ever. Really? Is that the weirdest thing? That is strange. So the first post at Deadspin was March 22nd, oh, wow. 2013. First one at the Hairpin was March 24th, 2011. Yeah, it was a, it was a weird weird little thing i bet susan miller would know what that's about Pro- she probably would there, there's got to cons- be something there. i should consult her um so the the move from the hairpin to jezebel and deadspin was at the same time the best and the worst thing it was <laughs> it was it As was the case with most gawker media experiences <laughs> the best and the worst um but no not for not for that reason it was it was <laughs> It was the best because I was incredibly excited to be writing for both sites. I uh, had been a longtime reader and a very active commenter on Gawker.com. And I always had this secret 
like love of Deadspin and subversive desire to be writing Ask a Clean Person at Deadspin because I thought it was so weird and insane and perfect, which it did turn out to be perfect. Um, I've long loved Jezebel. I mean, I remember when Jezebel launched, you know, Um, and I wanted to retain my female audience. I didn't want to not be working for women. And so I was casting about when it, when it was sort of clear that it was time for me to move on from the hairpin, I was casting about for, for where I was going to go. And a number of places were up for discussion. And I kept coming back to Deadspin. And I woke up one morning, I had like a eureka moment where I woke up one morning and I went, wait, I'm going to pitch Jezebel and Deadspin together. Bingo. Mad woman. And so I did. And Tommy and Jessica took, took me up on my pitch. So the flip side of that is that the, the hard thing was that it was very difficult to leave the hairpin. I mean, my time had run out and was time to go. But I, I felt so much affection for the editors, for the readers, for the site itself as a presence. It was very, very hard to go. And I mean, there were, there were tears. There were so many tears. And there were, and there were tears, like so many tears, when I left Deadspin too. I sometimes still get very emotional thinking about Deadspin because I miss it every day. I really do. But it was also time to move on from that. And we'll talk about that in a second. So let's embarrass Jessica a little bit uh, so that I don't start weeping. I dug up Jessica and Tommy's responses to my pitch email, and I'm going to read them. So here is Jessica. Jessica's came first. said, hey, Jolie, happy to hear from you. And I had no idea that you had a book in the works. So I had just finished. I just handed in the manuscript when I emailed you guys. Um, So I had no idea you had a book, book in the works. Congrats. No small feat these days. Tommy and I are both game. We just need to figure out on our end how we might share you in a publishing way, not a Branch Davidian way. Give us a couple of days to hash things out and we'll be in touch. Looking forward to making this work. So I'm such a serious professional. I (laughs) immediately was like, I have found my people. She is making Branch Davidian. She's making Waco jokes. Like, yeah. Too soon? And I think my response to that was like, oh, no worries. Like, even if it was a cult thing, I'm game for that, too. Uh, (laughs) Little did you know. So and then here's Tommy's going to be so mad. Jessica, he's going to kill me for reading this. Whatever. He's in DC. (laughs) Sorry, Tommy. Love you, pal. So Tommy writes, hey, Jolie, love the column and very glad you got in touch. Jessica and I will huddle and get back to you. I think that's See, like that's the, professional. It's like the least crags cragsian email because he was being, you know, a professional. He was very nice. He, Tommy, listen, Tommy took very good care of me. He, he really did. did. Um, so, yeah, so off I moved to Deadspin and Jezebel. And the way that we set it up in that first year was that I alternated weeks, one one week with one site, one week with the other site. And the interesting thing, um, and I think people have heard me talk about this before, is that what I learned from that that first year where I was alternating between the two sites is that actually there there are virtually no differences between men and women in terms of what kinds of cleaning questions they're asking uh, that you know sort of obvious ones like men were not asking about bra washing and women were not asking about ball cleaning but by ball cleaning I mean testicles but maybe they should have been asking <laughs> but other than that but other than that really the questions were incredibly similar here was the difference the difference was in the way that they asked. Women would open by apologizing, 
by saying, I know I should know this, uh, or by saying, I know I'm gross and disgusting. Ladies. Yeah. Ladies. It always opened with um, some sort of self-flogging. Well, like a, as if we are a failure. Yes. Because we don't know this piece of information, which stems from this idea that the woman's home is her domain. Therefore, we should know. And Everything listen, I'm thrilled that I'm thrilled that girls don't know because it means yeah. our moms were out working instead of teaching them how to do laundry. I'm this too busy to learn feminism. Yes, feminism. I'm, feminism. I'm way too busy to yeah. learn how to clean the wine vomit off the wall. Exactly. And that's awesome. I don't want to apologize for exactly. that. Um, so, yeah. So women would open with this sort of like the, this this like flogging of themselves, really. It was terrible. And the men would open with, I consider myself a pretty smart guy. It was amazing. It was an incredible thing to witness and to hold. Um, I'm I'm having a long silence. Yeah, it's, it's making you think. I, it's it's making me cry. Is what yeah, it is. It is kind of. It does make me sad. It makes me sad. Um, it's okay. So I'm let's moving let, forward. Let's move. Let's move on to something that will make you laugh. Uh, let's talk about the subjects of those first two columns. I will also tell you that I submitted sample columns to Jessica and Tommy, sort of when we were setting this all up, and. Um, Jessica's response to me was, I'm, I want the dead spin one for Jessica Because <laughs> I had gone a little extra gross out to try to grab and the I, I'm, I'm, I'm admittedly five years old and a yeah. big fan of gross out. Yeah. You're, on, on, you're on as certain... old as Ask a Clean Person. Oh, yeah. you're right. I yeah. am. Maybe that's why this works. But I, I feel like the gross out, it's, it's not cheap because it's the internet. And yeah, you need These that. are the answers that you're not going to find in a magazine. Yeah, it's the stuff Martha's not going to talk about. Exactly. exactly. I feel like I've heard that before. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder where. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, okay, so here are the subjects of those first two columns. Uh, at Deadspin, we, so by that time we moved to a, a two-question-per-column format. Currently now we're in a one-question-per-column because I need to go long form. Um, so at Deadspin, the two questions were about, uh, well, first was about a boozy spill. Someone had moved and all their, their liquor exploded in a credenza. It happens. And it was a wreck. I'm, I'm impressed that a Deadspin reader had a credenza. It was, and, it, and he like described it in detail. He was very proud of this thing. I, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, it was amazing. There, listen, get... They do need a lot more credit than they're given. They're they're very sophisticated men. I I'm and I'm not saying that sarcastically at all. I'm and I truly do miss them every day. Uh, the second question was about removing a semen stain from gloves. It happens. Not a, not so sophisticated, but it happens. Um, and then at Jezebel, when we kicked the column off, uh, the two questions that I took on were uh, one was about a big makeup stain on a couch uh and that was great because i got to make a real housewives reference which i in your first paragraph i and, believe yeah and anytime i can make a real housewives reference i'm happy well, and that, people really liked that because i think it was like it they, sets the tone it set it set the tone very well and then the second question also set the tone which was a, a question from a woman who had bought a vintage crinoline that reeked of pot smoke 
so yeah, it was like clear. This is you know, these are mo- modern cleaning conundrums. These are the kind of things you're going to find on like that garden web message board. That's right. Except that garden web message board is I incredible. Find so much on there. <laughs> oh my god, invaluable for me. Oh, it's really good. Um, so yeah, I think that that you know when when the column moved to Gawker Media. I think in part because I got to write both for male and female audiences, and I think also very much because of the nature of Gawker Media and sort of the the no-holds-barred sort of editorial ethos. Um, And then also very much because I had editors who encouraged me. I think that the column became, like, fully actualized. You know, that it was... Spirited. Yeah. Um, So then the next evolution was that I ended up feeling for a number of reasons that the column was was working better at Deadspin than at Jezebel. Um, I understand it from an optics level. Having a cleaning column on a site like Jezebel offended a lot of people. They weren't offended by the substance of the column. It was just the appearance of a cleaning column on a site like Jezebel. Well, right. And that brings us back to this very old-fashioned idea that the home is the woman's domain, and therefore we should have all the tips and tricks for cleaning it. And I, there was a very visceral yes. reaction just to the, ver- to the very concept of it, as, as opposed to actually reading what was in there. Yes, exactly. And I think that something young women and women of all ages still struggle with on some level is the idea that we are to you know, proud, progressive, feminist women. Like, we don't have to be home. Mm -hmm. We don't need to know this stuff. But we kind of still need to know this stuff. Because we're human. Because cleaning is a human problem. It's not a women's problem. It's not a men's problem. It's a human problem. Which is why I want it on the site. It's it's not that, like, I believe you need to do your dishes. Right. Women don't need to do their dishes. But if you want to maybe do your dishes once, here's a tip. But this reaction to that... It's 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 almost like we couldn't take gender out of the equation, right? We and couldn't that, and, because and that is Jezebel. That is Jezebel. Yeah. So it, it ended up feeling like it was it was turning out to be a better fit at Deadspin. So I moved it entirely to Deadspin, and in part, I also wanted to do that because I I was becoming increasingly focused on the success it was having at Deadspin because men wanted to know how to clean things. They just didn't want to be talked down to. They didn't want to be scolded. They didn't want to be talked to like they were stupid for not knowing something. And most importantly, they didn't want to be treated the way that so many people treat men when it comes to cleaning. They didn't want to be treated like dirty pigs. So I thought I have a real opportunity to change things. Like, you know, there's a cottage industry of women and it's almost always women who write these think pieces about why men don't clean and how men don't clean and grr, bad men. And I thought, well, you can sit around and write these think pieces about it, or you could go out and do something and I'm going to go out and do something. And so what I did, yeah, what I did was I went and taught the men of Deadspin how to clean things and they loved me for it. Um, And when it was looking like it was time to move on from that site, I was entirely focused on moving myself into another male-oriented publication, which is how I ended up now at Esquire. Um, so now at Esquire, it's like the sophisticated clean person. Um, it's still the same one question per column format. And 
it's still very much, I mean, it's still super voicey. They don't, they don't edit me. They don't, I mean, meaning they don't edit my voice out. They don't, they don't edit me into a box to make me sound like something I'm not. Um, but the focus is a little more grown up. It's a little more on your clothes and, you know, your nice things. Um, You're five now. There's a little less, there's a little less vomit. Which, which is disappointing. I love the vomit. Yeah, but I, it's fine online. It's, it has its place in the blogs, yes. I suppose. And like, you are five. At some point, you have to learn to walk. Yes. Yes. Like a grown-up. Exactly. And stop puking. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so we have, uh, let's see, we have probably about 10, 10 or 15 more minutes. I want to talk with Jessica about one very specific post. Yeah, because the Jezebel column was still very successful. It was a great, I mean, it did. It very, was a very, very special well. thing. I mean, the, it's a spirited commenting community. Yeah. So like you kind of have to be prepared for a strong reaction in any direction. Yes. That and I said, was from a purely objective perspective as an editor and the things Ooh. I look at for <laughs> determining success. It was a very successful column. Oh, I love to hear that. I love to hear that. Oh, it's very, it was I love very, praise, you guys. It's very sad to lose you. I understood. And if you love well, something, you set it free. I, I left it. when you left. So I didn't want to think about it like that. Oh, well, I did. I left when you left. It oh. was, seemed like a natural, it seemed like a natural good break. So it's that time was to recalibrate. It was, it was time to recalibrate. So, um, I, we want to talk about one very specific Jezebel post that I think still, still remains one of the posts that I'm, I'm most proud of, of all of them, of the ones on the hairpin, on the ones on Jezebel Deadspin and now at Esquire. Um, that was a post about, before you even say what it is, okay. I want to say that this post really, God, I can't believe I'm going to say something so like philosophical about what this topic is. <laughs> given where we're going. But to me, this post is very much the essence of how fantastic the internet and online anonymous interaction can be and the power of it to do good. To do good, exactly. That said, we're talking about what, Jolie? Discharge and underpants. So people people have heard people have heard me say this before that that I I describe myself as sort of an outlier or a unicorn on the internet in that what I do is generally met with an incredibly positive response and that it 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 does uh, make people feel good it doesn't tear people down and this Jezebel post is probably the best example I have of this phenomenon so I had gotten a series of questions from all different people lamenting the fact of vaginal discharge in underpants. So everything from that causing a bleaching effect to causing buildup to not coming out in the wa- in the regular wash cycle and a lot of lot a lot of real pain and embarrassment over oh, this yeah. subject. Which I think everyone as women can understand and men listening out there probably understand too, even if you haven't experienced this exact thing. Um, And so what we did with this column was I ran three separate questions that were all almost exactly the same from three different people. And that was how we opened. I think that was powerful because it showed readers that it wasn't just one random person that was asking everybody is wondering the same thing you are wondering. Exactly. And the tone of them was all very similar. It was this it was this sort of heart heartbreaking tone of feeling 
very embarrassed and very lost. And well, yeah, I'm a I'm a clean individual. I don't rewear underpants, and yet, why are my white underpants looking like this? Yeah, it's very frustrating, and it's hard not to feel dirty in a way, or like some kind of hygienic failure. Exactly, even though it's not about that at all. Yeah. but and also to feel like you are you might be the only one who this is happening to. Where right. no, it happens to all of us. So the so we started with the three questions. To illustrate that this is a thing that happens to everyone and, and, to, and to say that we have the hope that we can start to make people feel a little bit less bad about this and that this is a thing you shouldn't feel bad about. Um, and so the post then went into w- literally what vaginal discharge is. We went back to like, you know, health, health class in middle school. I learned stuff. things. I, I learned things researching it pH balance, pH. acidity, <laughs> enzymes, proteins. Yep. And that is, in general, something I've always loved about your columns is the science of cleaning. Oh, I love the Why science. something works. But talk to me about the science of my discharge and why it wins every time. Yeah. And that, it's that, just great. It's like fascinating and weird and great. And all of a sudden you have this different feeling about your vaginal discharge because you know what it is and you can be sort of proud of it. And here's why so it's a pain in the butt. Like, you should feel great about it because it, it's, it's like a... Your vagina is it's like a, a self cleaning oven. It's a self cleaning <laughs> function. It's fabulous. Like, it really we should is. be so proud that we have this wonderful thing um, that cleans itself and then sometimes ruins our underpants. So, here's the thing about the discharge it can range in pH level. It can range from a pH of about 3.5 to about 7. No, sorry. Eight. You said yeah. eight. I, I know because uh, I just reread you. this, um, <laughs> which is a which is a pretty wide range, and it, and some of us just fall on the more acidic side, and some of us fall on the more base side. If you fall on the more acidic side of things, that's what's causing that bleaching effect in the underpants. So a lot a lot of the women were saying, you know, I'll have black under underwear, and the crotch of them will sort of turn this rusty color. Um, And that's the bleaching effect of the natural acids in vaginal discharge. When you have that, you can't reverse the effects of of color loss on it, but but you know what it is, and it's not dirty or gross. It's just that there's been color loss. It's like if you you splashed a bit of of, um, bleach on something and you had a little discoloration. Well, and then you know, this is what my body does. Yeah. And you shop accordingly. Yes. It's kind of like knowing that skinny jeans aren't my thing. So I'm not going to wear skinny jeans. Yeah. Black underwear doesn't really work for me because this is what my body does. So I don't. So I'm going to buy lighter colored underwear. Exactly. exactly. Um, Very empowering. So that so that was one big part of it, and then the other big part of it was was sort of how you treat the stain. So um, they are protein stain. Your vaginal discharge is a protein stain, just like semen, just like sweat, just like all those great things that I love to talk about all the time. So you're going to treat them just the same way you would. Uh, you know, a cum stain. You're going to use an enzymatic cleaner. Zout is a very good one that I often recommend, but there are lots out there. Um, and then we went into, you know, sort of some other techniques like rinsing your your underwear out in the evening, um, which will help for for the people who are noticing that the buildup wasn't washing off in the wash. What happens is is that um, when when proteins hard, think of an egg. When an egg hardens. Um, how difficult it is to clean off like a, you know, a, a pan. Right. Um, but it's pretty easy to wash out when it's still soft. So it's the same idea um, that it's a protein. When it hardens, it's going to be harder to get off. So we suggested if people are having those problems, just maybe to rinse their underwear under running water before they toss it in the hamper. 
Um, but you also acknowledge that we're not actually putting our underwear in the hamper. It's probably on the floor. You said that. And yeah. I remember that. And that was just, you know, you know that we're not going to do it right. But you I don't know. you don't scold. It's okay. You don't scold. Because you know what? It's on my floor. Right. It's not your problem. And they're not my underwear. So if you want to put your underwear on your floor, but live your life. YOLO. You know, yeah. Exactly. Underwear YOLO. Yeah. Um, and then there were and then there were a couple other suggestions. Um, so like... You know, using panty liners, tracking your, um, your, your, cycle. your cycle so that you know which days you'll have heavier discharge than other days and maybe wear a panty liner on those days. Uh, so all kinds of things. And what I was so scared when that post went up. I was so scared I didn't get the tone right. I was so scared I didn't get some fact right. I just was so worried about it. And the response to it was so uniformly positive. I spent days reading every single comment. I, I'm sh- I surely wept several times because I was so touched by what people were saying. And it was just an incredibly special, special moment for me. And this was by far and away your most successful column. And oh, I, I was going back and I was looking at it before <laughs> I came here. Over 400,000 people read this column. Oh, my God. That you is had amazing. almost 600 comments. That is amazing. Like, that's a lot of people. People want to know about their discharge. Yeah. And how to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great thing. And I think we, I, I know Jessica and I both feel, feel very, very proud of that work. Well, I mean, I was going to the bathroom before I came here and I looked in my underpants <laughs> and I was like, I'm really glad I'm seeing Jolie tonight. <laughs> I haven't been tracking my cycle. I know she's going to be mad, but I'm so glad that's what she thought when you looked into your underpants. I'm not joking. That is exactly what I thought. I'm queerly flattered by that. (laughs) Here was one other really great thing about that post. The artwork on the post was incredible. It was uh, a a woman's like torso and part of her lower half wearing a pair of red underwear with a white spray bottle pattern on it that mimicked the look of my book cover and the funniest thing about that it was that tons of people emailed and tweeted at me and asked if those underwear were for sale <laughs> and i was like i i like at one point i went to the gawker <laughs> commerce team and was like can you guys produce these so we can sell them because people really oh want God. them i love that um, i didn't know this yeah which is which makes for a great lead and so i have i have like a nice little surprise so unfortunately tommy craggs my editor at deadspin couldn't be here but my other editor at deadspin rob harvilla who lives out in Ohio and obviously couldn't be here in the studio with us in New York, uh, recorded a little message to help me celebrate the fifth anniversary of Ask a Clean Person. So we'll have David cue that up. Um, It's related very specifically to the wonderful art team at Gawker. So we've got to give a huge shout out to Jim Cook, Sam Woolley, and Tara Jacoby, who did the art for all of my columns. And just every week, it was absolutely the best thing about the column. Forget the writing. It was all about the art. So let's hear that message from Rob now. Hello, I'm Rob Harvilla. I'm the culture editor at Deadspin, and I worked with Jolie here for a year or so. The following is a brief description of illustration commissioned by Jolie to accompany her Ask a Clean Person column. Uh, Here are some of the things Jolie asked them to draw. A barf mishap in a car, a roach-infested coffee maker, a suitcase full of cat piss, a fake blood mishap, a bedbug-infested mattress, 
mushrooms growing in a shower stall, gross headphones, a gross shower curtain liner, a gross arm sling, a gross computer keyboard, a compost bin overrun with fruit flies, a toilet with skid marks, a toilet with weird orange stuff growing in it, a flip-flap in a bathtub drinking a glass of wine, a fur-covered Dutch oven, a urine-stained bed, and a Roomba-trailing dog poop. It was a pleasure working with you, Jolie. <laughs> the Roomba. The Roomba. So we have to say thank you so much to Rob, not only for, for doing that for you, but for being a great editor and for putting up with like these posts where every week it does when I finally got to a point where I was trying to outgross myself basically and poor rob was traumatized i mean to read these um so we should mention the roomba which was my last post at deadspin i had been saving that question i had had it in my back pocket i think for almost a year before i ran it i had i had been in touch with the letter writer so i had helped him out i didn't leave him hanging for a full year i helped him out but i but i tucked the question away for a rainy day and the rainy day came um yeah, it was very sad. Dark clouds when I had to leave Deadspin. Um, but I knew that the way that I had to go out was to run the question about a Roomba vacuuming a home with dog shit. And so that's how I went out. And I will say that Jim Cook um, did that particular illustration, and it was wonderful and evocative. And I loved it. Um, I want to give one one more shout-out to one other major Deadspin post that I'm so proud of that I talk about all the time, which is the 3,000-word the opus on cleaning hockey gear uh, that, that caused poor crags had to remove... I had these gruesome images of staph infections in, embedded in the post that Tommy had to take out and link to because what? he said... Because Krags, he said... Ready? This is so great. I've never been more proud. He said, uh, my rule is that if it's too gross for me to look at, it's too gross for Deadspin. And so by extension, that means that I am too gross for Deadspin and I've never been prouder of anything in my whole life. Good for you. Yeah. Very, very proud of that. Um, so yeah, so off, off I went in December of, of last year to Esquire, my big girl home. I love it. My editor, Jonathan Evans has been absolutely wonderful. He's been out on this show. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about what is up next in Ask a Clean Person land since we're we're now at the five-year mark. So here are a few things that are up next. Uh, the first big thing for me is tweaking this podcast format. Um, so I have some fun news about it. The show's going to go on hiatus for a few weeks in April. That's a regularly scheduled hiatus. And when I come back, Dave Lozo, who people will remember from the podcast podcast episode I did on the hockey gear, uh, probably the best podcast episode I've done. Dave Lozo is going to join me as my permanent co-host. I'm very excited. He is so wonderful. He's very funny. He's a great foil for me. Um, and I am just thrilled to bring him on, not just because he's great, but also because it will allow us to produce a tighter and more focused show. This has been a great learning endeavor for me. I feel like this podcast in the first three seasons has been very much like the early column at the hairpin where it's just kind of been the wild west and it's been me figuring things out and now i have a better sense of what i'm doing and i'm ready to take it to the next level uh the column will continue and it's a new home at esquire and i probably have one more big project up my sleeve i uh, truth time i don't know what it is yet i suspect it may be one of two things it may be another book it may be a video project i was hoping you'd say video because one thing we didn't talk about here, and I know we're running out of time, 
but it was a video post you did at Deadspin on oh, how to fold a fitted sheet. I love that freaking video. And I've watched that. I, I think I had to watch it about 10 times, not because of you, but because I'm a little slow on the uptake. <laughs> I had to watch it about 10 times till I was able to do it without your help. But years now, I have not been able to fold a fitted sheet without thinking of you. Oh, I and love even that. even just this weekend... My husband was helping me fold some sheets, and he handed me the fitted one and says, your cleaning friend taught you how to do something with like oh, this. <laughs> and I tried, to show, I tried to show him, and he was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> you know the amazing thing? Dark magic. It was not... So we, we filmed that video in the Gawker offices. I had two of the guys at Deadspin, Tom Lay and Barry Pachowski, come on with me on video to try their hand they watched me do the demo a few times well because we filmed a couple of takes of me doing it and then they came on and they both each did one single take this is not a put on there was no editing magic in this tom lay got in the first time it was amazing and and barry so barry had one little tricky spot and I actually was glad that he had the tricky spot because that's where most people will have the tricky spot. So it actually allowed me to show how you sort of unravel yourself if you get into the tricky spot. But Barry got it essentially on the first try with a little extra help from me. I was really impressed by them. And that video was super fun. Um, yeah, I look. I will look forward to doing more video. I, I hope you have work. a video project yeah. because I it's think been, it's so impactful. Yeah. And, and my stuff lends itself really well to video. Being able to see... Absolutely. Um, see a technique and there are certain things i talk about this also with you know things like ironing it the written word just doesn't lend itself to those kind of tutorials as well as as a, a visual aid um so we shall see about that i will keep you all posted i promise that i'm not hiding anything i don't have some i don't have some big announcement that's going to come next week um i just am going to see where things go I would also love to hear what you guys would like to see and hear and read. And I don't know if you've invented some other media that I don't know about yet. Just let me know. Um, you can always email me at joliecare at gmail.com. And on that note, I want to say a huge thank you to my guest today, Jessica Cohen, my friend and former editor at Jezebel, for helping me celebrate five years of Ask a Clean Person. I can hardly believe it. It feels like yesterday. I love this job more than I love anything else on earth other than my teddy bear teddy you come first still always number one pal uh if you all like what you heard today please consider subscribing on acast or itunes leaving a rating and telling your pals about this weird little cleaning show that you love so very much and of course thank you to you my listeners and my readers for joining me for another episode and for five spectacular years of ask a clean person Thank you so, so much for trusting me with all of your questions and your wonderful stories. Here's to five more great years. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 